This podcast contains profanity and explicit material from the outset, which may not be suitable for children or sensitive adults. The views expressed are made in humour and are not designed to offend. Now, now sit, sit back, back and, and enjoy. Good evening, people. Tonight, my <laughs> what? <laughs> there's, there's only there's only two of us. There's, there's only two of us. Um, <laughs> Good evening, people. We're, this is the intro. We're not we're not reviewing. This is it now. We started. This is you keeping this in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's me and Dave. For some reason, we have hit the giggles. Um, there's no reason why we've just hit the giggles. <laughs> um, uh, we're back after a while. Um, mm. We won't sing the stain. We won't sing the stain song because we've sang it lots of times lots, before. Lots and lots. Uh, lots yeah, lots. but uh, but it has been a considerable duration since our last release. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we do not have a goose man tonight. Uh, because uh, he has to make IRL money since we don't make any internet money, and it turns out our um, OnlyFans page selling pictures of our feet didn't go too well. No, no. After that, showing so, pictures of something else soon. But other than that, yeah, no. yeah. So yeah, we've got to branch out. So, but anyway, we are here tonight uh, with an episode that we have aptly named, and when I say aptly, it means I thought of it while I was taking a shit. Um, <laughs> we're calling it the Flesh Special or the Fleshal. Um. <laughs> Dave, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, man. It's been a, I'm not going to say the other word, but it's been, it's been interesting. Like as in, uh, I finished mm. my, I've just probably the last four, five, six months since we did our last episode of finished uh, university. I finished college. So I've, uh, yeah, got the little bit of extra qualifications under me about all nerdy shit. Other than that, that's what I was doing, staring at my computer hacker, for six months. Hacker, hacker man. I can either confirm with an eye whether I'm a hacker man now, but yes, I am. <laughs> and I have spent the last five or six months not doing anything productive. Yeah. In general. But obviously, in it's fact, a... Oh, no, I laid a lawn. You did lay a lawn. I, and, I did. I, did I laid two of them. <laughs> now, don't. Gentlemen never tell. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, recently, I... Um, I've been having a little bit of trouble sleeping. So I went mm. to see my G, my GP, and uh, was given some uh, some um, assistance medically um, with said sleeping. <laughs> and last night was the first night I thought I'll give them I'll give the, the sleeping tablets a try and see how it went. Yeah. Now the doctor, the doctor never told me like said too much. He said you know like take one you know calm down at night. You try and just let it take effect, and you know he hopefully won't feel too groggy in the morning. But the pharmacist says, oh, just be careful with these ones. Um, particularly if you drink alcohol with them, um, you'll have some mad side effects. Um, I didn't drink alcohol with them last night, just to clarify. Yeah. However, for some reason, I was I thought I was dreaming. And I woke up and we slept with the blind open to let the wind in because it was nice and windy last night. Mm-hmm. And in my mind and in my eyes, 
I could see a black dog standing in the front garden <laughs> to the point where I woke up Chloe, Claire, I woke Claire up and I was shit, I was like, there's a fucking dog in the garden and Chloe's looking outside going what the fuck are you talking about you imbecile so then I got up in my jocks and then my knees nearly collapsed because I was still full of sleeping tablet yep. and I went to the front door and switched the light on and tried to go find this black dog that wasn't in the garden oh my god um, so yeah so the lady did say they can make you sleepwalk. Um, mm-hmm. so, some people have reported like sleepwalking, night terrors. And for some reason, she just said like one person or something. Um, people get up and make food in the middle of the night. No, I'm not. I'm just what? saying I'm not against. I'm not against midnight snacks. No, 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 for sure. I'm not against like Claire, midnight snacks. This, this, uh, yeah, see, Claire's not against that either. Mm-hmm. What was that? Uh, Claire suggested I double the dose just so I can make some midnight oh, snacks. You'll probably run back fucking towards my house at three o'clock in the morning. Just, there's a black black dog following me. Oh no! Right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, I misheard that because I got my ears in. Um, she said I took double the dose to what the doctor recommended. The doctor recommended taking half of one, but they're so small. Like you know, you break one and it just like it just all crumbles in your hand. So, so I just overdosed on sleeping took... tablets and believe well, no. dog in front of me. No, not overdosed exactly because the intention was not to um, was not to call, the intention was to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, like it, it's not. She just she, she just she gave me like take you know take one if you're not sleeping. You know, obviously then take more than don't take all ten because it'll be the last sleep you ever have. But, yeah. Cool. Um, you know, but yeah. So I saw a dog in the garden what and time? I was I was adamant. Ah, uh, hold on, Claire. What time do you reckon this was? It was probably about two in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay right okay right uh, this half the press class saying i didn't actually say anything i sat up and pointed out the window <laughs> now i have been known to have night terrors prior to all of this before like hmm. sometimes like what have i done before I've, I've sat up and stuff haven't i and said things yeah yeah I've, I've spoken a lot of gibberish but that's not nothing new no, no um no. but yeah I, but i but the thing is like Claire thought I was dreaming, or like having one of my night episodes. Yeah, but I was, I was awake. Like I was fucking adamant. I could see this dog in the garden, and I could even go out and point now where I saw it, and tell you what way its head was facing. But it turns out there wasn't a dog, wow. <laughs> and I was, I was, yeah. So did you, that did was interesting. Take, did you take ayahuasca or something? Did you just get DMT'd and fucking have a bit of a trip for five hours? I don't even know, I don't even know what, it, what is it. I don't know, but I had to write sleepy on the box so I don't get it mixed up with uh, a different type of medication I've got as well. So. And a <laughs> don't want to be taking... laxative. <laughs> yeah, no, vitamins, <laughs> sleepy, <laughs> sleepy tablets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a box of Bill Cosby's. That's what I was given. A box of Bill Cosby's. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> zip, 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 watch out for the dog in the garden. <laughs> You see, you see the dog. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably won't take one tonight. <laughs> Just no. It was, At uh, least take yeah. half. Just, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you see, we want if to you hear see, what. If the listeners want to hear what happened to the dog, then <laughs> let us know. And I'll, uh, we can go again and I'll, <laughs> I'll make some notes next time. <laughs> Dearest diary. I saw Dearest half the diary. Dog. The dog was in the garden again. It was three in the morning. I got punched in the throat. <laughs> but it was weird too, because like um 
my knees kind of didn't work. Like I stood up and my knees went all wobbly, but oh. just, but not, but not all my legs, just my knees. It was really like, uh, I don't know fun. if these, these one, these sleeping tablets like might send your knees to sleep to stop you from, well, I just don't know how it can stop you from sleepwalking. Cause she said, if you drink on them, you'll sleepwalk. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that's weird. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they're just, maybe they target your knees to help you sleep but i don't know but it was felt really weird so i'm like i'm kind of like um wobbly walking to the front door adamant there's a dog in the garden even though we've got a sensor in the front garden as well yeah that'll go off if there's something there because like it picks up rabbits and stuff so yeah <laughs> apart, f- apart from that i've been pretty good apart from the six foot jew guy that was in our shed the other day yeah uh, for those people in overseas, a dugout is a poisonous st- snake here in Western Australia, and a six foot one is long, what one point eight meters. I think you snake. I think, I think you'll find the actual term of venomous, not poisonous. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm just sorry saying. <laughs> follow this clue. Oh. Follow my. Totally follow my clue. Uh, yeah, no. We had a local uh, reptile guy come out and get it and he rehomed it he took it back to he took it back to where it should be and it should not be in my shed <laughs> back of the shed so with the hammer um no he, no no we saw the video he did release it back to the wild back to the wild um yeah so he was saying that um it, the size of it it's likely um about five or six years old oh, and it's shit. most most pro- most probably female given the size as well because they last longer than the males no did look so, at yeah did look at you upside up and down going <sighs> When it took you out of the house? That's well, see, I, I thought I thought it was like not as big as it was because I only saw like maybe maybe 20 centimeters of the tail initially, and then hmm. it's its little head under the fence. So I was like, oh, it's just a small one. And then the guy gets here and goes, Oh, okay. And then we start, he fishes it out of where it was, and then it hmm. fucking like got itself into the pool shed and then got out the pool shed and started going up the path and he ran out chasing it. And I was like, holy fuck. Damn. So yeah. It was a big boy. So, it was uh, a big boy. yeah, it was a big boy. <laughs> so, uh, yes, the snake man uh, rehomed it to another place. Excellent. Which is good. Excellent. So, but apart from that, I've been fine. Good, 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 good. No, we um, made it through Christmas and New Year. Yeah, let's say it's obviously just after, obviously, for those playing uh, Three Little Pigs, pig, little, 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 those playing Three Little Pod, little, fuck. Those playing Three Little Pigs podcast bingo at home. It's the 11th of January. Um, so we were recording this today and it's just after Christmas and New Year and uh, we're off without a hitch. Obviously, we're still in Western Australia. We're, it's a country into itself. So we don't really allow anyone in or anyone out until the mass plague flood on the uh, 5th of February where everything gets opened. And now the floodgates will open. Is that, was, that, um, was that Skrillex? Yes. Did he not have a... Yeah, that was Skrillex, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're all going to... Yeah. It's we're, going to be we're, interesting. We're going to die. Um, nah. It'll be fine. We're all tri- triple... But I do remember when we first talked about this COVID uh, cold or this little bit of a flu or... <laughs> yeah, that was happened. funny. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsie, <laughs> <laughs> oopsie. It's a bit oopsie, oopsie. Yeah. Uh, Go and follow one of the old episodes where we literally said it's a it's a cold we over and done with shortly. Thanks very much, guys. And now the whole world's imploding. So um, we'll take that. Just glad, on I'm that just one. glad. Yeah, I'm just glad we never followed any conspiracy theories. Like, I don't get me wrong. I like hearing about conspiracy theories, but I still think you're a bit foolish to think it's all a conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's there's no uh, Bill Gates is not sticking the latest Windows in my arm or anything like that. So 
ding, 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 ding. Um, yeah, and I was and I was just going to say, like, you know, if I have getting a chip put in me, I would happily have five G download speeds all the time. Oh, for sure, man. Like, Absolutely. Like, who does who does not want faster download speeds? Yeah, that's a that, that that's fast porn update. If you're literally really going for it's because yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I was just, I was talking about gaming and, and watching Netflix, not not mm, what you said. Um, mm, fucking lies. I know nothing of that nature. You're a liar, Jamie. A damn liar. No, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a real. I'm a realist. <laughs> Indeed. Right <coughs> now, how how do you want to uh, how do you want to start this? Because like, um, because my bit's technically like after they're dead. Okay. Okay. I don't well, know. I can... like, do you want like, do it? Yeah. Do, how does it slot in? Hold on. Let me. How does it slot in? Because you've got like. Um, so do you want to go first? Do you want yeah, to go? I'll um, go first. I'll just I'll go at the end. We'll do we'll do it backwards since we're on a flesh All right. <clears throat> flesh Right. <laughs> Gather your plums. Gather your plums, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get like we talk about this before, but uh if you listen to the last podcast on the left, this is going to be a gold star episode. There is gonna be some things here. If you're triggered by death or triggered by people enjoying other people's company, then this Keep keep listening because it'll get a bit fairer very shortly. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome on tonight's menu. We bring you a tasty platter from around the globe in the form of the other other white meat, humans. Uh, and although a little all, all, all throughout history, the human race has been exposed to the consumption of their fellow man from times of famine during World War II to modern serial killer cannibals. And tonight we are going to deep dive into the ultimate taboo and hopefully come out the other side with our bellies full of tasty tidbits of information. So time to sit back and enjoy. Cannibalism is the act or practice of humans eating the flesh or internal organs of other human beings. A person who practices uh, cannibalism is called a da-da cannibal. The meaning cannibal. of ca- Ve- ca- vegetarian. <laughs> the vegeta- vegetarian. Um, oh, yeah. The meaning of cannibalism has been used to describe an individual of a species consuming all or part of another individual of the same species as food, including sexual cannibalism. Bow, bow, bow. Let's make love tonight. And I'm going to eat you. When I get that feeling, I want sexual, sexual tacos. <laughs> oh, that was better. That was sexual eating was better. Damn it, you got it. Damn it. <laughs> I couldn't think. I was like singing on the spot. I was trying to. I was trying to like freestyle. Yours was better. <laughs> sexual okay, sorry. eating. Um, sexual eating. Sexual <laughs> eating. Yeah. <laughs> Let's eat you tonight. Do, 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 do. Hey, baby. Baby. <laughs> oh, we always break into a song. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I do apologize for the uh, the small children yelling in the background. That's my children. <laughs> that's Dave's That's Dave's dinner. <laughs> that's my dinner. That's okay. my dinner. I, I ate a baby. Um, a form of cannibalism popular in modern Europe was a consumption of body parts or blood for medical purposes. Now, we covered this off in the Black Plague uh, episode as well, where they ate. Yeah, what's, what's this? What's this? Your knees are haunted. Have this cocaine and yeah. people blood. <laughs> people, yeah. Wipe the testicles of this gentleman across your forehead three oh. nights, said the night. Um, yes. 
this practice was have you, have you have you have you tried wiping a dead lamb on the door no you should try that go back let me know how you go your blood's haunted um yeah. this this practice was at its height during the 17th century and although as late as the second half of the 19th century some peasants attending execution are recorded to have rushed forward and scraped the ground with their hands that they might collect some of the bloody earth which was subsequently crammed in their mouth and hope they might just get rid of their disease. So execution, yeah, it's fucking I I tell you what, like fucking logic back in the day wasn't wasn't all there, was it? (laughs) Not Hmm. at all. Hmm. This this man is dead. This blood is all covered in mud. I may eat that, and maybe it'll get rid of my untimely dying disease that I currently have. I'm 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 34. I'll be dead by 35 if I shove you it's more like it's it's more like i'm 18 they're about to kill me because of old age it can't get any worse (laughs) (laughs) eat eat bloody dirt yes (laughs) or eat dirty blood sorry uh now some of the reasons for cannibalism or eating of the other person Uh, in some societies cannibalism is a cultural norm and the consumption of a person from within the same community is called endo cannibalism uh, ritual cannibalism of the recently deceased can be part of the grieving process. Oh, Nana, I'm going to cut you up. Um, oh, oh, dear. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't believe Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Toby, he, he is dead, but also so tasty. This tastes amazing. Uh, or be seen as a way of guiding the souls of the dead into the bodies of living descendants. Uh, he's got a spirit in him of his great Uncle Toby. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spooky ghost. <laughs> it's a spooky ghost. Um, exo-cannibalism is the consumption of a person from outside the community, usually as a celebration of a victory against a rival tribe. Uh, like the Maoris in, I'll cover this off later, but the Maoris in New Zealand, they would eat oh, the heart yeah. of uh, other people to get their mana or their like spiritual, you know, talk about mana when you play video games, the same thing. It's like spiritual power. Uh, spiritual power, they take it. Um, and don't they do that in uh, PNG as well? Yep, let's still do it now. Um, um and what um when I was telling Claire what this was about tonight, um she brought up remember the remember the island uh, that we talked about where the that American guy went to try and bring them Jesus and they they just ate that guy. Yeah, they just bought him salt and pepper in a yeah. large pot. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that a guy coming on a boat? Yeah, we gotta eat him. Yeah, mm. okay. I can't I I honestly can't remember their name. I know they might not be listening, but so I do apologize. Uh, wasn't it like I can't it was some sort of Melanesia type country as well? Yeah, oh, was, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, both types of cannibalism can also be fueled by the belief that eating a person's flesh or internal organs will endow the cannibal with some sort of characteristics of the deceased. They oh, leveled you'd be up. Fucking, you'd be pissed off if, like, oh yeah, he was really, really tall, but all you inherited was the fact that he was a pain in the ass. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. The worst yeah, level ate, up in the world. I ate this guy expecting to get tall, and now I've just become a dickhead. <laughs> Even to work like normal. that, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, even, even more than normal. <clears throat> he's, like, he's like his grandfather. Why? I think he ate most of them, but yeah. He's, he's a pain in the ass. He's, he's got his eyes in his mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, of- actually, on that on that when you just said it's like his grandma, just reminded me of a, a funny Scottish um, tweet that I read one time, whether it's true or not. But the guy said, oh, I was I went around to my grand and granddad's the other day and I walked into the door and... Um, and uh, my granddad said, oh, fuck, it's cold out there, sonny. I said, oh, hi, granddad, tell me something I don't know. And he went, all right, I can stick my whole hand up your grand's ass. 
grandma puppets. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. You can cut that bit. Anyway. In most parts of the world, cannibalism is not a societal norm, really, but also mm. uh, it's sometimes resorted to in situations of extreme necessity. My God, I'm hungry. The survivors of the shipwrecks of the ships Essex and Medusa in the 19th century is said to engage in cannibalism as did the members of Franklin's lost expedition and the Donner Party. These are all things oh, that go the, into, yeah. Donner, Donner Party is a very, very interesting story and our inspirational people from last podcast on the left do a v- exquisite um, a couple of episodes on that. Yeah. I think that's one of the first big ones I listened to. The mm. Donner Party is a fantastic story if you're into this kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's messed up, eh? It's messed up. Do you know what it reminds me of? I'm um, like, you played Red Dead Redemption 2? No, but I've, I've seen it. Oh, it reminds me of the start of Red Dead Redemption 2 because they're in like a snowy area trying to get out of the snowy area. Mm. So yeah, it's very much like that. But yeah, sorry. Donna, right. Donna Party, very, very good. Uh, such cases, as I've just mentioned, uh, generally involved necro uh, cannibalism, which is eating the corpse of someone who's already dead. So if you think about like the... Uh, is it the South American f- football team, soccer team that landed in the mountains and they ate each other when they died? They died. Oh yeah, um, that was that was to survive as well. There wasn't. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So that's the eating the that's called necro cannibalism, which is after they're dead, as opposed to homicidal cannibalism, which is eating someone for food. Um, <clears throat> and in English law, the latter is always considered a crime, even the, in the most trying circumstances. And the, mm. so the yeah, in the case of. Uh, this is a criminal case of RV or this is Regina versus Dudley and Stevens, in which two men were found guilty of killing and eating a cabin boy, tasty cabin boy, while adrift mm. at sea in a lifeboat, set the precedent that there's necessity, there's basically no defense to the charge of murder if you eat someone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so if he had died and then they ate him, that's fine. fine. But if he had died because of them, then yeah, yeah that's that's not fine. That's not that's bad juju. That's that's bad juju. Uh, right, and now some myths, legends, and folklore in relation to uh, cannibalism. Now, cannibalism features in the folklore and legends of many cultures, and is also attributed to evil characters or as an extreme retribution for some wrongdoing. For example, the witch in Hansel and Gretel, um, which is obviously tries to fatten you up, boy, by putting uh, mm-hmm. Hansel in the cage. The Lamia of Greek mythology and Baba Yaga of the uh, Slavic folklore, not to be oh, confused but- with. Uh, John Wick. Yeah, that- yeah, no, um, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize Baba Yaga was a, a cannibal thing. Yeah, she ate oh, children. She eats, ch- eats children because I was going to do oh. a thing on Baba Yaga instead of this one. So I'll do that next time. I think. Ah. Uh, yeah. And a number of stories in Greek mythology involve cannibalism, particularly the cannibalism of close family members. Uh, the stories of Thyestes and Terrace and especially Kronos. Who was Saturn in the Roman pantheon? Basically, they eat if they, they ate their children, and held them in a mouth. So it's the cannibalism part. Okay, a quick history of cannibals. Uh, it was practiced by humans in prehistoric Europe, Mesoamerica, South America, uh, the Iroquoian people, peoples of North America, the Maori, New Zealand, the Solomon Islands, parts of West Africa and Central Africa, some of the islands of Polynesia, New Guinea, Sumatra, and the Fiji. Um, evidence of cannibalism has been found in ruins associated with the ancestral Palobian peoples of the southwest United States. So it's literally everywhere. So everywhere has had cannibals. No matter where you are, they've eaten people. 
And, and I like on your, your notes, it says, as well as Cowboy Washington, Colorado. <laughs> Cowboy Washington. That's, that's, that sounds like, like a, a nice place to go. I mean, it probably isn't. No, it sounds like it. <laughs> the asshole of Colorado. Um, oh, dear. There's evidence, both archaeological and genetic, that cannibalism has been practiced for hundreds of thousands of years by early uh, Homo sapiens and archaic humans. And there has been evidence that human bones have been defleshed by other humans going back 600,000 years. We've been uh, at it for a while. Yes, 100%. We have been at it for a while. And there's obviously there's consideration for back, that, back then. It would have been a means of predator control as well as eliminating um, to eliminate predators so they wouldn't come in and what if a dead body occurred. And it's obviously getting scavengers out, stuff like that. So it's yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> in modern society, it doesn't. Like well, I say, in in a modern Western society, obviously it's one of these things that it's like, well, fucking like Jesus Christ. But if you're looking at, yeah, prehistoric, they don't have technology of running water. Then yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly right. So you know, like dogs, did. dog animals do it. Dogs do it. Cats would do it. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and obviously when you think about it, like isn't the normal burial like which we'll talk about a wee bit later on but normal burial when it comes to humans that wasn't that's not like burying people in the ground the reason for that was to stop people from getting eaten for one part of it it's like from birds and shit coming around and spreading disease so back then they didn't have anything or didn't know to bury people in the ground so they just eat them to clean up the mess pretty much so it's, it's actually quite a logical thing and i do believe if you look at um uh, there's a youtube video on ants believe it or not where mm. it talks about the i don't know what you call it the, the biome of an ant nest and mm. they're they're very um hum, humanic i guess in the way they deal with things and the levels of their their biome and how they live and um they put the waste down the bottom mm. and if and if an ant is injured then mm. they will kill it and eat it if it's fresh and if it's not fresh they will put it down the bottom and get it away from the nest so yeah it's it's similar to that in the sense of it's just it it, it it kind of relates, I guess, more back to human survival instinct than anything else. There's yeah. nothing to do with, oh, oh, that's that's Dave. We shouldn't eat Dave because he was cool. Or, you know, we need to get rid of this because this is going to cause us issues. Or we have no food. That is now a food. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So, yeah, mm. I get it. I get, and his, historically, I get it. Modern day Western society, not so much. Yeah, don't eat people. But we'll cover off that very shortly because there's some recent ones where people have been eating people for weird yes. and that's messed up shit. Uh, all right. So a brief time in Europe, it was an unusual form of cannibalism that occurred when thousands of Egyptian mummies preserved in bitumen were ground up and sold as medicine. Uh, the practice developed into a wide-scale business which flurried until the late 16th century. This fad, open and close quotation marks, ended because the mummies revealed to actually be recently killed slaves. So they weren't like, ah, uh, oh, yeah. Um, two centuries ago, mummies were still believed to have medicinal prop, uh, properties against bleeding and were sold as pharmaceuticals in powdered form. Yummy human mummy confectionery. Yum, 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 yum. Um, Lots of stories of societies. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So hold on, hold on, hold on. So it says uh, they were sold as pharmaceuticals in powdered form. Mm. Huh. My leg hurts. Might need to snort half a gran. (laughs) (coughs) Fuck you, Jim. Get it? (laughs) Fuck you. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not sorry. That's funny. That was good. That was good. Half a gran. 
Yeah, half a grand. Get it? Half a grand. Not not gram. It's a it's it's kind of a drugs jokes, but it's not. But because it's also a grand. Because she's a mummy. Oh, oh. Some it's it, oh, it's mummy's mummy. Anyway, mummy. yeah, That's... yeah. We, sh- we shouldn't have to explain the joke to you. No, no, we shouldn't. And I don't mean you, Dave. I mean the listeners. Oh yeah, indeed, indeed. Half a grand. Um. <laughs> A lots of stories of societies resorting to cannibalism as a way of justifying the colonization of the country. However, uh, there were several well-documented cultures that engaged in regular eating of the dead, such as New Zealand, where I come from, Maori. Obviously not recent times because we don't have a lot of wars with the uh, colonists these days, but it's more shouting over Facebook. Um, yeah, the, Fre- the, Fre- the French seem to have backed off. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the very first encounter between Europeans and Maori may have resolved in cannibalism. A Dutch sailor, oh, hello there. What's going on? Are you going to eat me? That's great. Um, in June 1772. Hey, you guys, I like your scorch. Yeah, I like what's going on. Would you like a crepe? Smoking yeah. a pancake? Hey. Hey, it looks looks really nice here. It's not your it's not your cold, it's well, where I'm from. Yeah, don't eat me, please. Um in June 1772, the French explorer. Marion de Frest and 26 members of his crew were killed and eaten in the Bay of Islands, which is in the North Island about uh, halfway up through the middle. Um, hey, Campbell- we're going to eat all, we're gonna eat all the boys on this boat, eh? Oh, good night, guys. We're going to eat you, eh? Well, well, if you just all take a seat, we'll be with you in a minute. It takes a pretty long while to eat 26 of you, so please move along. Um <laughs> Cannibalism was for <laughs> sorry, yes, sorry. Go, go, go. Oh, listen, did you you guys want some water while we wait? <laughs> oh, we, we're polite people, we're still gonna fucking eat you. Um cannibalism was already in place uh, in the Maori Wars. So another incident was on July 18th, 1821. They've done pretty well recording this. The Maoris from the Napuhi tribe killed 2,000 enemies and remained on the battlefield, eating the vanquished until they were driven off by the smell of decaying bodies. That's like three days. Wow. Yeah, like that. Oh, boys, I think it's time to go. It fucking stinks, eh? Yeah, we're out of here. This is fucking awful. Uh, This period of time was also rife with incidents of explorers and seafarers resorting to cannibalism for survival. One notorious cannibal was mountain man Boone Helm, who was known as the Kentucky Cannibal for eating several of his fellow travellers from 1850 until his eventual hanging in 1864. That's at 14 years with oh, eight. Oh, yeah. That's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, now, in modern uh, era, the further circumstances include cannibalism as a ritual practice, cannibalism times of drought, famine, and other destitution, as well as uh, at criminal acts and war crimes throughout the 20th and 21st centuries <laughs> during world war ii uh and especially during the 872 day siege of leningrad reports of cannibalism began to appear in the winter of 1941 to 42 uh, after all the birds rats pets were eaten by survivors the leningrad police even formed a special division uh, to combat cannibalism, uh, it was known Holy as the sh- yeah, it's known as the Tasty Victims Unit. Um, uh, 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 Dave, Dave, that <laughs> dum, dum. that jokes that joke's been made in poor taste. 
Oh, that, that was not bad. Actually, it's quite shocking. I didn't know there was an 872 day siege at Leningrad. That's quite substantial. Yeah, that's a lot of Because <clears> did, didn't that used to happen in like, in like ye olde times as well, where like that's how they'd have a siege. Like they just, well, we're the attackers. We've got heaps of food. So we just wait here until like you have to start eating each other and then we win. Yeah, like there's probably, there's probably like sieges from old ye olde Englishy times where hmm. there's like that's, that's how they've won. Yeah, because they've had to starving eat each other inside. Yeah. yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. And <laughs> fetchy levesh and, and <laughs> launching cows over the wall. Monty Python, you need to yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, some 2.8 million Soviet uh, prisoner of war uh, died in Nazi custody in less than eight months during 1941 to 42. Fuck it and apparently, according to the USHMM, I don't know what that is, military something, uh, by 1941, starvation and disease resulted in the mass death of unimaginable proportions. So I guess I can assume that this desperate starvation led to many incidents of cannibalism, which would be yeah, definitely investigated by the Tasty Victims Unit. Dun, dun. Um, dun, dun. Okay, this is going a wee bit more modern now. Uh, in 2008... Ooh. A British model called Anthony Morley was imprisoned for killing, dismemberment, and partial cannibalism of his lover and magazine executive Damien Oldfield. On the 2nd of May 2008, it was announced that Morley had been arrested for the murder of Oldfield, who worked for the gay lifestyle magazine Bent. And after inviting Oldfield to his Leeds flat, police believed that Morley killed him, removed a section of his leg, and began cooking it before he stumbled into a nearby kebab house at 2.30 in the morning, drenched his blood and asking for someone to call the police. He's had a bad night out. Mm. And he was found guilty on the 17th of October, 2008, and sentenced to life in prison for the crime. But you fucking I just, imagine that. Wow. Fucking, yeah. yeah, I just, I, I'm just actually Googling that just now. I don't remember any of this at all. But having said that, a man stumbling into a kebab house at 2.30 in the morning, drenched in blood and asking someone to call the police probably isn't a, a, a rare occurrence, to be fair. No. You know, that's it. It's just, just regular, I guess. But, Are you going to buy a kebab? Get out. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, Germany. We, we're going to Germany. Uh, Armin Malouis, a former computer repair technician, got to watch out for them, who achieved international notoriety for killing and eating a voluntary victim in 2001, he found on the internet. So after Malouis and this program, Malouis and the victim jointly attempted to eat each other, eat the victim's several penis, Malouis killed his victim and proceeded to eat a large amount of his flesh. So let's, just, let's paint a picture for you. They, yeah. They've agreed to eat each other or eat the victim. one of them yep yeah, they've cut off the victims john thomas Pee-pee. and mm-hmm. they've both sat down to eat it hmm. and then he's gone okay you're time to kill me now and they've sat down and ate him so he was arrested that's oh, wow. yeah, but voluntary so this is the point he was i think i was i remember this trial when i was uh, obviously, it's 2002 and 2004, yeah. but I remember he was like, I can't be murdered because he admitted he consented to me killing him. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, yeah. It's... Have you ever watched the IT crowd? Yeah. Well, parts of it, but I, not I, all of it. Uh, I think there's an episode um, where Moss, um, he signs up to meeting friends online and he ends up meeting this German guy who wants to eat him. And I think this is what the piss take is from. Oh. I think they actually take the piss out of it from this. 
I'm gonna have to go watch. Because um, yeah, watch it, yeah, it's very it's very similar. Because the guy's like, yeah, come round and we'll eat you and blah blah. He thinks he's going round for dinner, Re- but regular dinner, not like people dinner. Not people dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he was arrested in two, December 2002 and in January 2004 he was convicted of manslaughter and sent him to eight years and six months for eating someone but then in 2006 he decided to go for a retrial in May 2006 he was convicted of murder and sentenced to life imprisonment if he'd kept his mouth shut he would have been out in like four years wow he but, would have been eating again yeah, exactly. <laughs> eating people again and he mm. report and he during the trial he reported there's 800 active cannibals in Germany. That's do you know what like you know when you think about this kind of thing like you know when you think about um, international crimes like this like war crimes human trafficking um, you know offenses against children you know in those kind of circles there probably are fucking a lot more people than you think that are either have either done it or are pretty keen to do it. Yeah, exactly right. You know, you only need you only need to go onto that dark web. Yeah, you know, uh, you only need to get you get onto that hidden wiki, and you'll find what you want. Uh, it's messed up. Like, even yeah, the, what you think about it, even the video which we're going to talk about shortly with your topic, like, isn't realistic. Yeah, that's on that's on YouTube. That's on YouTube, and you're like, that's just a YouTube. It's messed up. Like, isn't ah. I've watched I've watched some some messed up shit on in my time, but I was like, okay, this is going to be it's the uh, Spanish version of uh, David Edinburgh, but that was fine. It was next. We're off to sunny Russia, where cannibalism was widespread during the Holodomor or the fem- famine of Ukraine in 1932 and 1933. Now, survival was more of a was a moral as well as physical struggle. And a woman doctor wrote to a friend in June 1933 that she had not yet become a cannibal, but was not sure if she shall not be done by one by the time this letter reaches you. The good people die first. And those who refused to steal or to prostitute themselves died. And those who gave food to others died. And those who refused to eat corpses died. <laughs> and those who refused to kill their fellow man died. And so at who, least... who, di- who didn't die? <laughs> Not the doctors. So it's just the cannibals didn't die. <laughs> the, so, the, so the bad stealing, prostituting, uh, greedy cannibals yep. who killed their friends they yeah, were the so, ones that didn't die. Yeah, so the murdering cannibal uh, prostitutes, prostitute, yeah, greedy prostitute thieves are the ones that survived. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, quite. A, that's quite a list. That is quite a list. That's definitely mm. going to be uh, uh, this with the worst survey in Russia. Um, at least, <laughs> <laughs> at least, please take one of. Please take one of the following. Am I a? Um, at least 2,500, this is 505, that's a random as shit stat, but at least yeah. 2,500 people were ke- sentenced for cannibalism in the years of 1932 to 33 in the Ukraine, although the actual number of cases were certainly much higher. Now, I, w- I did a bit of extra super special research for this last part because I, uh, I wanted to find out some weird shit about cannibalism over the last, during well, since 1931, this one is here anyway. Uh, so this is the super special individual acts of cannibalism. Now, uh, in the New York reporter, William Bueller Seabrook, in the interest of research obtained from a hospital intern at the Sonburn, a chunk of human meat from the body of a healthy human killed in an accident. He cooked it and ate it, and he reported it was good. A full, it, was, it was like good, fully developed veal. Not young, but not yet beef. 
It was definitely like that. It was not like any other meat I'd ever tasted. Of course, it's not. Mm. You fucking dickhead. It's human. Yes, it's pe- it's it's people. It's people. Yes. Uh, and on July the twenty third, nineteen eighty eight, Rick Gibson ate the flesh of another person's person in public, but because England does not have a specific law against cannibalism, he ate a canapé of donated human tonsils on the high street in London. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I had my tonsils removed probably 20 or so a long time ago now. And I had them in a jar beside my bed for, because I thought it would be cool. Those oh, yeah, they used to give you them, didn't they? They used yeah. to just give you things. Yeah. You can yeah. have this. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You want my, here's your old liver. Oh, thank you. Hmm. Um, and a year later on the 5th, 10th of April 1989, he publicly ate a slice of human testicle in the Lewisham High Street in London. And oh, see, yeah. a slice of testicle, not a whole testicle. They probably just parboiled it. And you know, <clears> how does one acquire more. a slice of testicle? <laughs> like, and not uh, that's more confusing than a whole one. And it's 1989, it's not like you had like the internet to be. Yeah, you could get you could get anything back then. It was yeah. before the internet. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's ask for it down the local butcher. Um, <laughs> Witty tried to eat another slice of human testicle at the Pitt International Galleries in Vancouver on July 14th, 1989. The Vancouver police confiscated the testicle hors d'oeuvre. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to fly to Canada and eat this testicle. <laughs> what? Why would you do? Where did he get? Is that, for, is that the, same, like, the same testicle or is this a, a different piece? And then why did he go? Why did he go to that place to eat it? I don't know. I'll, 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 try, and, I'll yeah. try and contact him on the internet and ask him. He's at yeah. That's let's um let's look at that. That's quite fascinating combination of things from one person. I think. But then the next part is, however, the charge of publicly exhibiting a disgusting object. That's that's half the people around Western Australia publicly exhibiting <laughs> <a> disgusting object <laughs> was dropped. He finally ate the piece of human testicles with the same piece or another third piece. Yeah, I know this is what's confusing me. <laughs> On the steps. and it was like it's yeah. like two months later. Mm. That wouldn't have kept. I guarantee you, <laughs> it's going to have to be. It was like a testicle jerky or something. Is it oh. like a? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the worst. Uh, he ate the third piece of the human testicle on the steps of the Vancouver courthouse on 17th of the September 22, 1989. Uh, now I've, again, I've got a couple a ton of serial killers have eaten their victims, but obviously the main one everyone talks about is Jeffrey Dahmer of uh, Wisconsin. Mm. So in 1992, Jeffrey Dahmer of Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin was arrested after one of his intended victims managed to escape. Uh, he was found in Dharma's apartment with two human hearts, an entire torso, a bag full of human organs from his victims, and a portion of arm muscle. Uh, he stated he planned to consume all the body parts over the next few weeks. So at least he wasn't wasting anything. Um, yeah, yeah. But he was also trying to turn his victims, because he was a lonely man, he tried to turn one of his victims into a zombie by drilling a hole in his, in his head and pouring acid in to try and kill his brain to become a, a zombie for him. Like a love He was trying to... It- it's the epitome of trying to make friends. Yeah, he did make friends and eat people. He um yeah. he would target uh, homosexual men because he's homosexual. He was a closet homosexual himself. He would target homosexual men in the Milwaukee districts, and uh, I think I can't remember how many victims he had, but yes, it's good. Carry on. So it said there was uh, a number of serial killers of like Richard Chase used to drink the blood of his victims, etc. So it's definitely a um. A another topic you go into, and heaps of people have done all the serial killers. But I wanted to give you a bit of an overview of 
cannibalism is as a whole. So just to finish up, as you've heard, there has been an extensive history of people eating people from food shortages to eating testicles on courthouse steps. Whether from necessity or to live out a messed up fantasy, cannibalism has been part of the human psyche and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere fast. So it was, wow. Mm, like it, you, you, wow. Could deep, you could deep dive into a whole lot of um a whole lot of different shit as in with cannibalism, mm. but the really really is it's been out forever. People did it to survive back in the days, and some weird people, especially the Germans, have um have done it and taken it to the next level and a couple of weird guys eating testicles. I'm actually gonna find out about mm. that, whether it's the same testicle, because that's yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. And one of the things I was gonna mention when you, especially when you talked about Russia, um, there's a couple of documentaries on a couple of prisons in Russia. One of them is called Black Dolphin, which is meant to be like the toughest prison in Russia, if not the world. Yeah. And there's another one, um, I can't remember the name of the prison, but it's out on the Trans-Siberian High, uh, sorry, Trans-Siberian Railway. So it's literally yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere, but nobody escapes. It's open because you escape, you'll die. Um, but anyway, a lot of the guys in um, Black Dolphin are in there for cannibalism as well. Oh. So like, it's a mix of um, like big war criminals, big organized crime criminals, and cannibals. Oh. Um, yeah, like a lot. Yeah, a lot of uh, people in, you know, I think one is more than enough. But yeah, there's a number of people in prisons in Russia um, for cannibalism. So there you yeah. go. So yeah, um, that was yeah. my little chat about uh, cannibalism. So, well, there we go. Tasty yeah. people, tasty, tasty people, tasty people, people tasty. Apparently, it tastes like pork. Allegedly, mm. obviously, we t- some guy said it was veal, a young veal. I guess everyone's going to have their own special tastes. Yeah, I guess so. Depending <laughs> on your, uh, <clears throat> well, it's like it's like cows, isn't it? Like, you know, cows from one area and cows from another area are going to taste different, taste different depending on your diet and what you eat. And yeah. me, me and Dave are going to taste different because we have different body compositions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be the Wagyu of the human. I'm human Wagyu. Oh, have you got a nice marble? Oh, of course. Of course. I have a nice marble these days. <laughs> I'm not here to fuck yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm a, I'm quite, I'm, I, I'm a large proportion of brisket. Ooh. I would say these days, <laughs> these days. This is my uh, my my drive to exercise over the last couple of months has been low, so I'm very much brisket right now. <laughs> you are all brisket, all brisket. I would like to say pulled pork, but again, a gentleman doesn't tell. No, Ooh, hello, there, matron. <laughs> oh, matron. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dave, that was good. The old yeah. cannibals, mm-hmm. fine, fine young cannibals. Wow. Indeed. Okay. Um. Now, when you're ready. Yeah, man. Fire away. Cool. Stand by. I must uh, wet the palate. <sighs> the palate is wet. Um, <clears throat> ah, and Dave, uh, thank you for the uh, the, the uh, tasty section on cannibalism that mm-hmm. we just covered there. No Pardon worries. the pun. Pardon the pun, <laughs> obviously. Um, no, I am. Um, because uh, Dave, had, you've had the cannibalism episode like drafted and good to go for a bit. Yeah. And um. I was like, oh, like, because I was reading, because Dave sent me his notes. He said, I've read through these notes. So I had to read through the notes. And um, I was like, oh, I remember seeing a thing kind of, kind of to do with this. And it, and it's kind of cannibalism, but it's not, it's not cannibalism. Hmm. Um, so I, I remember watching a documentary many years ago on something which is known as a sky burial. 
Now I done I've done a bit of research, and literally this is just a fucking lift from Wikipedia. So if you want to have a go at us, just go to Wikipedia and read this. If not, I'll read the vast majority of the page out to you. However, um, Sky Burial it, it's pretty much a, a, a Tibetan tradition where um, you are buried in the sky, and this and this is what it is. <clears throat> so the uh, Sky burial, or the uh, the Tibetan word, it's, I don't know how exactly you pronounce it. The English translation, I think it's spelled, it's uh, J-H-A-T-O-R, like Jator. Yeah, Jator. Yeah, but it looks like the um, the phonetic pronunciation is B-Y-A and then space G-T-O-R. So it's yeah. like Biator or something like that. Mm. But anyway, it loosely translates to the word bird scattered. And there's a funeral practice in which a human corpse is placed on a mountaintop to decompose, sorry, to decompose while exposed to the elements or to be eaten by scavenging animals, especially carrion birds. It is a, yeah, it is a specific type of the general practice of excarnation. Um, and it is practiced in the Chinese provinces and autonomous regions of Tibet. Uh, excuse the pronunciation. Um, King Qinghai, uh, Sichuan, and Inner Mongolia, and as well as in Mongolia, you got Bhutan and parts of India, such as Sikkim and Zanskar. Hmm. Never heard of them. Nope. So I do apologize on the pronunciation. Don't know the bloke, yeah. Yeah, never met the guy. Um, so the locations of preparation and sky burial are understood um, in specific Buddhist traditions as carnal grounds. Um, comparable practices are part of the Zoroast- Zoro- Zoroastrian burial practices, hmm. where deceased are exposed to the elements and the birds of prey on stone structures called dakma. Now, few few such places remain operational today due to religious marginalization, urbanization, and the decimation of the vulture populations. Oh, that's save, actually quite interesting. They can't the, do it anymore. Save yeah. the sky burials. Yeah, we can't do sky burials because it's not enough birds. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, it's sad for the birds, but yeah. yeah. It, um, pigeons, just, would ta- pigeons or robins would <laughs> take a hell of a lot of time. I, t- I tell you what, I've got chooks, right? And we've got this... Um, we uh, the previous owners of this house installed a, a automatic chicken door, like a chute gate. It literally, it's cool as fuck. Like it's a little battery powered motor hmm. that at, at, at five thirty in the morning, the motor kicks in and the wee door lifts up and the chickens can go to the outside outside area. Hmm. And then at seven forty five, it closes to stop predators coming in because the chickens put themselves to bed when it's dark. They're actually quite funny animals. But anyway, I was trying to fix the fucking battery thing on this thing, right? Yeah. And the chickens just kept pecking my stomach and my feet. And they like toes. Like if you got if you got fongs in the chute pen, they'll start pecking your fucking toes. But they don't give a fuck. Like if I died in there, they just eat me. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. yeah, but you think it'd take a lot of chickens to eat a human body? <laughs> yeah, there's an experiment I want to see. Um, um, yeah, probably not. I haven't got to practice it. But yeah, I do know that it only takes three chooks one afternoon to eat a quarter of a watermelon. So that's our oh, that's our control you. sample. <laughs> that's the that's the control sample. How do we get a human body to the same water content level of a watermelon? Because that's how long it would take. Yeah, watermelon. <laughs> what is it? How to get people to the water uh, content of a watermelon? Uh, water percentage. Hold on. It's Are we not like seventy-two? We're seventy-two, aren't we? Like I reckon. I reckon we could do it. So watermelon is approximately 92% water, according to Healthline. And, right. two, and, and, and 8% melon. Yeah, 8% melon. So <laughs> okay, human right, okay. body water percentage. Hold up. 72. It's up to 60. Um, oh. But 
obviously it's as in total, but obviously the brain mm. and heart is 73. I reckon if we drown a bloke, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we like, if you get it all wet, like if you get yeah. it like, yeah, would you like soak it for a bit? Mm. And then um, get it to the same water content yeah. as a watermelon. Then feed it to three chickens. Could be gone. They don't, like, mix. T- two weeks? No, two weeks. Like, I don't know, because like, what's the weight of a quarter of a watermelon? Like a kilo? It depends on the size. Know. Yeah. 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 Average. <laughs> this is fucking worst <laughs> science ever. Like this is average watermelon size. Do you know? Do you know? Be, do you know be quite funny. See if there was an apocalypse and me and you were the last people alive in the world. This is what we do. Yeah. It's like we've got enough time to study. <laughs> let's let's start. Let's get the science going. Okay. Two point two kilos is quarter of a pound. Okay. So and that's is that is that roughly quarter of a watermelon? Yeah. So quarter of a, uh, sorry quarter of a uh, average quarter of a watermelon, wa- watermelon yeah. is twenty pounds. So. Uh, Dave, I don't, I don't, I work in pounds, shillings, and pence. None of those futuristic weights, please. What's that so, in? So it's two point two kilos. Is your is yeah. a quarter of a, is a quarter of a uh, watermelon? So that would okay, be so. So an eighty kilo human <laughs> that had this is the water content of a watermelon would take forty afternoons to be eaten alive by three. Oh, to be eaten by three chickens. Uh, to divide by two. Yeah. thirty six. So that's yeah. Say forty days. Yep, say 40 days, give or take a couple of tough bits, the hair and the teeth. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, there you go, there you go. <laughs> it'd be weird eating those eggs, though. You know, the eggs they'd had after that would oh, be weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'd be gross. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. If we thought if we thought this if we thought this podcast was fucking bad earlier, it's yeah. gotten a whole lot worse. This, <laughs> this, 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 this podcast is for science. Yeah. We did watermelon human science, and we seem to have uh, yeah. resolved Damn. the problem that we could three chickens could eat a, a submerged human in thirty six yeah. days. <laughs> Two idiots from Australia have won a Nobel Prize for their. <laughs> I must submit that as a thesis. Hold on. <laughs> just like my, just like my thesis of you can't get DNA off a shape. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, nah, I'll, I'll explain that later. No, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. Um. So the majority of the Tibetan people and many Mongolians adhere to a specific type of Buddhism, which teaches the transmigration of spirits. Now, for them, there's no need to preserve the body um, as it is now an empty vessel. So the birds may eat it or nature may cause it to decompose. Mm -hmm. So the function of the sky burial is to simply dispose of the remains in as generous way as possible, um, which is the origin of the practicing Tibetan name. So in much of Tibet, and again, I think it's... King Hai or Queen, Queen Hai, I can't pronounce it. Um, the ground is too hard and rocky to dig a grave. And due to the scarcity of fuel and timber, sky burials were more typically, oh, sorry, sky burials were typically more practical than the traditional Buddhist practice of cremation. Or barbecue. And in the past, or barbecue, yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, what is it? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Bob, Bob's barbecues and crematoriums. Oh, Your loss is our sauce. <laughs> Your loss is our sauce. Um, Um, in the past cremation was limited um, to high llamas and some other dignitaries uh, just to specify (laughs) I said llamas it doesn't mean like 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 animal llamas it means like Dalai Lama and his men like those guys monks they're not just like monks yeah Uh, yeah a a, a high llama would be like a really good monk he's really good at it or something isn't it this is this is (laughs) 
Yeah, top notch. He's really good at being a monk. Like, um, God, do monks get internet? I don't know. Uh, I'll send it to him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, I believe that's what it means. So, in the past, cremation was limited to high llamas and some other dignitaries, but modern technology and difficulties with sky burial have led to an increased use of cremation by commoners. Um, other nations which performed air burial were the, the Caucasus nations of the Georgians, um, the, uh, the, the Ab, Abkhazians and the Adegi people, um, in which they put the corpse in a hollow tree trunk. Oh, that's cool. There you go. Yeah. I must get eaten alive by squirrels and shit. Yeah. Bugs. Um, so the Tibetan sky burials appear to have evolved from the ancient practices of defleshing corpses, um, which was discovered in archaeological finds in the region. Now, these practices most likely came out of practical considerations, um, again, as before, with it unable to dig holes. Um, but they could also be related to the more ceremonial practices, similar to the suspected sky burial evidence found at the Gobekli Tepe, which is, oh, sorry, which was 11,500 years ago, and also at Stonehenge. Which, oh, um, yeah, there you go. Um, most so apparently, most of Tibet is above the tree line, and the scarcity of timber makes cremation uh, economically unfeasible. Um, and additionally, the subsurface uh, intimate, sorry, uh, additionally, the subsurface intimate is difficult since the active layer is no more than a few centimeters deep with solid rock or permafrost beneath the surface. So, yeah, you kind of can't really dig a hole. The customs are first recorded in an indigenous 12th century uh, Buddhist document, which is quote colloquially known as the Book of the Dead or mm-hmm. the Bardo Thadol. Um, Tibetan tantricism appears to have influenced um, the procedure as well. And the body is cut up according to instructions given by a lama or adept. And again, lama as in not the animal, but rather the uh, rather a monk. Um, the Mongolians traditionally buried their dead and sometimes with human or animal sacrifice for the wealthier chieftains. Um, but the Chumed adopted sky burial following their conversion to Tibetan Buddhism under Altan Khan during the Ming Dynasty. Well, and yeah. other banners subsequently converted under the the, uh, the Manchu Qing Dynasty as well. So it looks like people decided, oh, this is a, this is a bit better than what we were doing before. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck it. You tried you try digging a six-foot hole in rock. Yeah, fuck that. I'm, birds can even... Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, it's just, we just fucking let the birds eat them. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> ah. So, um, sky burial was initially treated as a primitive superstition and sanitation concern by the communist governments of both the PRC and Mongolia. Mm-hmm. Um, the PRC, who's People's Republic of China, something Republic of Ah, there you go. Yeah, um, but both states closed many temples, and China banned the practice completely from the Cultural Revolution of the late 1960s until the 1980s. Now, during this uh, period, sky burials were considered among the four olds, which was an umbrella term used by the communists to describe anti-proletarian customs, cultures, and ideas. Uh, as a result of these policies, many corpses would simply be buried or thrown in rivers. Oh, that's nice. <coughs> Just throw it in the river. That's where people drink. Yep. Um, and many family believe the souls of these people would never escape purgatory and would never become ghosts. The sky burial nonetheless continued to be practiced in rural areas and has even received official protection in recent years. However, the practice continues to diminish for a number of reasons, including restrictions on its practice near urban areas, again, diminishing numbers of birds. And uh, finally, uh, the Tibetan practice holds that the yak carrying the body to the carnal grounds should be set free, uh, making the rite much more expensive than a service at crematorium. 
That would make a yes. a, a main street of bloody yeah local town. Like you know, yeah, we're in Perth. Well, remember, remember, remember the one that you covered. Um, of like they have that ceremony like once every twenty years because it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, that would be similar. Yeah, it would be very similar. God damn. Oh. Well, at least the yak gets to set. I mean, that's pretty cool. He gets yeah. to go free. At least they didn't sacrifice the yak. Like they do like 25, yeah. what, 25 cows per person. For oh, the, yeah. Was it the what? It was buffalo or something. Yeah, like yeah, specifically the... 23 buffalo or something like that. Yep. To make it seem like were, fortune. Mm, they're like a couple of hundred thousand dollars just to knock off. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. At least, yeah, at least the yak gets to bugger off. But Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. And the birds get a tasty meal. Yeah, exactly right. I, I, I genuinely like the one of the that's one of the most concerning things for me is the fact that oh, there's not as many vultures. Hmm. Like, why? There must be a reason. Either they're getting hunted or, you know, yeah, that's a shame. That is a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Poor birdies. Yeah. Um, so for Tibetan Buddhists, sky burial and cremation are templates of instructional teaching on the impermanence of life. And sky burial is considered an act of generosity on the part of the deceased. And since the deceased and their surviving relatives are providing food to sustain living beings. Now, such generosity, such generosity and compassion for all beings are important virtues in Buddhism. There you go. Yeah, oh, there you go. It's quite a, it's quite a cruisy religion, actually. Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty when chill. You research it. It's just live and let live. You know, don't fucking don't piss off animals. Yeah. Don't crush an ant. Um, yeah. Don't crush an ant. Um, anyway, back to back to dead guys in the sky. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So although some observers have suggested that sky burial is also meant to unite the deceased person with the sky or a sacred realm, it does not seem consistent with the most of the knowledgeable commentary and the eyewitness reports, which indicate that the Tibetans believe that at this point, life has completely left the body and the body contains nothing more than simple flesh. The only people who directly know the deceased usually observe it when the excarnation happens at night time. Ah, night time. Yes, night time. A traditional sky burial is performed in specific locations in Tibet and the surrounding areas traditionally occupied by Tibetans. Now, the Drygung Monastery is one of the most three important sky burial sites. Hmm. Now, the procedure takes place on a large flat rock used for that purpose. The Karno ground, or Dirtro, D-U-R-T-R-O, is always higher than its surroundings. It may be very simple, consisting only of the flat rock, or it may have more elaborate incorporating temples and stupa, or something known as a chorten in Tibetan which I believe is kind of a monastery type thing. Yeah. Um, now, relatives may remain nearby during the sky burial, possibly in a place where they cannot see it directly. And uh, this source says that the sky burial usually takes place at dawn. So, um, so the full sky burial procedure is elaborate and expensive. Those who cannot afford it simply place their deceased on a high rock where the body decomposes or is eaten by birds and other animals. Mm-hmm. In 2010, a prominent Tibetan incarnate lama, Metril Tenzin Gyatso, a, apologies on pronunciation, um, visited the sky burial site near the Largung Gar, sorry, near the Larung Gar Buddhist Institute in Sertar County, Sichuan, and was dismayed by its poor condition. Now, with the stated goal of restoring dignity to the dead and creating a better environment for the vultures, the Lama subsequently rebuilt and improved the platform where the bodies are cut up, adding many statues and other carved features around it, and constructed a large parking lot for the convenience of the visitors. Oh, that was good of him. Yeah, and a coffee van. Um, yeah, there's a coffee truck there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> food, food, uh, food, uh, food stalls, everything. Block ca- castle. Mm. <clears throat> Sell little bits of flesh for the kids to throw. Yeah. Um, yeah. I survived my first um, sky burial. Yep. 
t-shirts. <laughs> It's probably not. It's not someone I want to get a fridge magnet from, but we definitely get a bottle opener. Yeah, for sure. Made out of a bottle. Yeah, made out of a guy's butt. Yeah. Made out of a guy's butt. Yeah. Get your thigh knives. Get your knives made out of thigh bones. <laughs> Nothing goes to waste. Mm. <clears throat> um, so not, not and there's a number of accounts of sky burials, um, and this again is straight from Wikipedia, so it's almost verbatim. Uh, but the following description is assembled from multiple accounts by observers from the US and Europe, and uh, there are references at the end. Um, so prior to the procedure, monks may chant a mantra around the body and burn juniper incense, although ceremonial activities often take place on the preceding day. Davros. Yes. Bit of pub quiz for you. Go. The juniper berry is most commonly used to make what spirit? Gin. Oh, yeah. Correct. Oh, he's yeah. good. He's good. I know my booze. Yeah, I was going to say I, I didn't know it until I saw this. Um, <laughs> and then... Anyway, um, the work of disassembling the body may be done by a monk or more commonly by a, and again, pronunciation, rogyapas, or R-O-G-Y-A-P-A-S, all one word, um, translates loosely to body breakers. Oh, that's a fucking sick name. That's fucking, okay, well, I guess you kind of would be like an undertaker, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the eyewitness accounts remarked that on the fact that the uh, body breakers did not perform their their task with gravity or ceremony, but rather talked and laughed as during any other type of physical labor. Um, there's a video that I flicked to Dave earlier on. And uh, uh, there's a common saying uh, among the world that there is no dignity in death. Uh, when you watch this video, you'll see why. Yeah. Probably, probably relates back to the earlier um belief that the body is merely a vessel and the soul has left but there where these guys are handling their bodies there is absolutely no dignity whatsoever they're definitely making sure that that soul has left their body for Uh, sure yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna put the links up because they probably get removed however you just have to search sky burial on youtube and the top five or ten results are all you need to see Yes. Um, so according to Buddhist teaching, um, this makes it easier for the soul of the deceased to move on from the uncertain plane between life and death and onto the next life. Some accounts refer to individuals who carry out um, sky burial rituals as a talkton, which is Tibetan. Almost, yeah. Um, which is Tibetan for sky burial master. Now, while a talkton has an important role in the burials, rites, uh, they're often people of low social status and sometimes receive payment from the families of the deceased. So that's maybe someone that's kind of decided, oh, well, I could be a bit more fucking not as mean about this or maybe a bit more respectful yeah. about it. Now, for disassembling the body, according to most accounts, the vultures are given the whole body. Then when only the bones remain, they're broken up with mallets and ground um, with sampa, which is barley flour, tea and yak butter or milk and is then given to the crows and hawks that have waited for the vultures to depart in in one account um the leading body breaker cut off the limbs and hacked the body to pieces handing each part to his assistants who then use rocks to pound and sorry who then use rocks to pound the flesh and bones together to a pulp which they mix with the sampa before the vultures were summoned to eat in some cases a a talk then will also use a butcher's tool to divide the body or not. This is, yeah, this is like, this is not Gordon Ramsay's 30 minute meals. No, no. This is what is, yeah. Sometimes the internal organs were removed and processed separately, but they too were consumed by the birds. Uh, 
The hair is removed from the head and may simply be thrown away. Um, at Dry Gung, it seems, at least uh, some hair is kept in a room of the monastery. The hair room. Uh, the hair room, <laughs> yes. This is where we keep the hair. Um, none of the eyewitness accounts specify any particular type of knife that's used in a sky burial. And one source states that it is a, a ritual flaying knife or a trigu, a, sans, a Sanskrit kartika. Uh, but another source expresses skepticism, noting that the trigu is considered a woman's tool. Um, oh. And the bo- the body breakers seem to be exclusively male. Mm, chauvinistic. Yeah, a little bit, a little mm. bit. Uh, but here's the thing about the birds. <laughs> so the vultures, or the species contributing to the ritual, are typically the griffin and Himalayan vultures. Um, so in places where there are several sky burial offerings each day, the birds sometimes have to be coaxed to eat, which may be accomplished with a ritual dance. If a small number of vultures come down to eat, or if portions of the body are left over after vultures fly away, or if the body is left completely untouched, it is considered to be a bad omen in the Buddhist beliefs. In these cases, according to Buddhist beliefs, there are negative implications for the individual and that of the individual's family, such as the individual being buried, lived a bad life, or accumulated bad karma throughout their lifetime and also throughout their past lives, thus predetermining them to a bad rebirth. Oh. In places where fewer bodies are offered, the vultures are more eager and sometimes have to be fended off with sticks during the initial preparations. Oh, often, there is a, yeah, often there is a limit on how many corpses can be consumed at a certain burial site, prompting llamas to find different areas. And it is believed that if too many corpses are disposed in a certain burial site, ghosts may appear. <laughs> there you go. Um, so not only are the vultures an important aspect to celestial burial, but it's also to uh, its habitat's ecology. They contribute to carcass removal and nutrient recycling, and as they are the scavengers of the land. Now, due to an alarming drop rate in their population in 1988, the law of the People's Republic of China on protection of wildlife added certain specific species of vultures into the rare or threatened categories of their national list of protected wild animals. Now, local Chinese governments surrounding sky burial locations have established regulations to avoid the disturbance of the vultures during these rituals, as well as not uh, to allow individuals who have passed away due to infectious disease or toxicosis from receiving a sky burial in order to prevent compromising the health of the vultures. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go to Tibet and be buried to the birds, that's where you go. Yeah, you could like yes. visit, if you go to even if you chop in the Wikipedia, just the Wikipedia about sky burial, and just look yeah. at the pictures. Oh, there's pictures, view. yeah. Oh. There's pictures on the pit. Yeah, My it's goodness. the one. I think it's the one just down by disassembling the body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the body being prepared for sky burial in Sichuan. Holy fuck! It just yeah, it's just an old it's a different laying Snarker's face down, mm. getting cut up by a body breaker. Mm. And he's just he's. I mean, he's wearing high vis. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's preparing he's got his, pork. He's, he's got PPE on. Yeah, exactly right. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's good. I, I honestly don't I honestly don't remember the documentary um that I watched, but it was not as like as you said before, it's a different um value or not value, but a different way of like as soon as the person dies, the uh hmm. you know, the spirit's gone and the body is merely a vessel. Yeah, you know, whereas yeah, I guess I guess my upbringing and belief would be not to deal with a body like this. No, 
Oh, when and you think about it, yeah. if you if you think about what happens in a normal mortuary procedure where they like they remove the blood and fill it with embalming fluid, it's no different. Like if you watch that or saw photos of that being happening. Oh, it's pretty. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It was very medical. Yeah, it was very oh. medical looking. Whereas that that's literally just a picture of a guy in a high vis jumper with a hat on, some fishing gloves, and he is cutting the yeah. bottom of a body that yeah. is got a rope around it that looks like it's been yeah it looks yeah. like it's it looks like a murder scene yeah it does this is an axe i didn't even see the axe look at the yeah. axe bot, bottom right of the screen yeah yeah that's that's actually a really good picture yeah that explains it a lot and that's mm. a color it's a recent picture that's not yeah he's not been I maybe mean, he's been dead long enough they got him up the hill correct wow Holy crap. And there's one thing we won't have a shortage of is dead bodies, so mm. plenty of food for the pigeons. Yeah. But there you go. Um yeah, the sky burial it is kind of kind of fucked up again for us as Western people, but it's uh it's a traditional way of life for some of us. Yeah. It's I've learned a shit ton as in from uh like we've talked about it, I think we talked about it probably eight, nine, even ten months ago, but you wanted to cover it. And I was like, oh, this, as I said, I just thought it was someone left on top of a hill and away they went. And eventually they'll come back for bits or even chopped up previously, which you could probably stomach a little bit. But when you mm. read what actually happens to them, you're like, wow, that's it's not just uh, left to their own devices. They're uh, assisted on their way. It's, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of, um, I think, look at it, those pictures are kind of, it looks a bit less respectful, to be mm. fair. But again, again, the body's not viewed as, as, as sacred like we would. Well, again, like what we would um, consider. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, yes. Oh, there we fucking go. That's a pretty heavy episode, but I like pretty it. Fucking, pretty fucking cute. Mm. Still, a shame that the, still a shame the bird populations are dying off. Yeah, yeah. Save the vultures, people. Come on. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all righty. Um, the the fleshel. Yes, the flesh. The flesh. Special. The flesh special. It was good, man. It was good. That was good. Yeah, it was good to get catch up. And Goose Goose does send his apologies because hmm. he uh, he had to make IRL money because hmm. um, it's it's a it's a late it's a late one. We started tonight too, so he, we were like, oh, Goose might be able to come along, but he's still working. So bastard. Best. That's a that that red bastard. That red bastard. Um, but no, it was a so that was yeah a little a little uh, special of the flesh. Mm, mm. We we'll, uh, we'll try and make the next one not so six months away from the last one. So because I think and also guys, mm, three of us. Yeah, and also three of us. We um yeah. Obviously, we had a lot of uh, good feedback from the one uh, with Jordan, the testicle, the testicle special, and um, which obviously a lot of people got hold of us as much as we like having a laugh. We like also like bringing some real life to the situation. I think people actually appreciated that hearing. It was mm. pretty raw, to be honest with you. It was almost two yeah, hours it was. of him talking. It was. It, was, it was good. It's good. So It's a very good episode. And if, if you haven't listened to it yet, but you're listening to the Flesh special, go back. The, testic- the testicle special is good. It's 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 probably one of our it's probably one of our top re- top episodes I reckon. Yep, it was it probably is. one of the most like it's probably one of my favorite ones to record as well because there was yep. no like you know you listen to these episodes and we take the piss quite a lot but there was no really like forced taking the piss as we no. normally do. No. It was pretty pretty raw pretty hard. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, alrighty. Should we call that an evening? Are we going to play games now? I think we should go play games. Yep. Yeah, let's play games. We're going to go play games now. <laughs> All right. We'll oh. leave you guys to it. Okay. But uh, okay. talk to you soon. Uh, 
Bye. I will see you at the, at the next one. Good, good, <laughs> goodbye. Uh, goodbye. I, be- I believe. Goodbye. I yes. Believe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bye. Yes. Uh, goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Uh, goodbye. The, uh, the, that's all, folks. Bye.